Live from the Shangri-La of South County. Coming to you from Rust and Tustin in the state of disrepair. In the morning, Nathan Penetration. In the morning, Brian Black. Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your courage. I have another story. Something we talked about last week reminded me of it. Okay. Um, a long time ago, I was camping in the High Sierras. We were camping with this guy named Butch. He decided he was going to pass out on a chair next to the fire with a hatchet in his hand. And he woke up with a fucking raccoon on his chest. Oh, man. So by the time we got up, he was making a coonskin hat. (laughs) He skinned the whole thing? Yeah. He was scraping all the, you know, the shit from the uh, skin. Wow. Whatever the processes you go through for treating leather. How did he kill it? Did he just like got it when it was on top of him? I don't know the exact details. He swiped it with the hatchet and then had to do something with it. So he decided he's going to make it into a hat. Wow. Kevin, Kevin Rose made me think of that. Throwing that that's, raccoon. That's crazy. The way they do with the carcass. Because that'll attract other animals if you leave that out. I don't know. Wolves and bears and coyotes. I don't know if you put it in the fire or... Oh, it reek if you put it in the fire. Those things are diseased. I had one in my backyard a couple weeks ago. I don't did know if I talked about it on the show. I don't remember. I think you did. No, it didn't hiss. Um, so what are you... You're drinking a Red Bull? It's but, their uh, Bitter Lemon Organics. Okay. I am drinking a Budweiser Freedom Reserve Red Lager, which is a special edition beer that is a supposedly brewed based off of George Washington's recipe. George Washington was a beer brewer, and he had a recipe for uh, like an amber style lager and um he say i guess i don't know that someone found the paper or it was preserved and sounds like bullshit kind of does but i know for a fact that he did have he was a brewer like i i knew that i just didn't know that his recipes survived so uh they preserved one of his uh, mistress's houses yeah, I didn't know Washington had mistresses. I thought Jefferson did. Uh, well, all I know is it's in Newburgh. Uh, where's that? Virginia? Um, New York. I think Washington lived in Virginia. It's in the ghetto. It's like a really old part of uh, one of the early towns. Really old part. So it just grew and then died. And it became the ghetto. And now you have all this history that's just completely invaded by drug dealers. Hmm. Mount Vernon. That's where Washington lived. It's a good beer, though. It's, um... It's... It's good. It's got kind of a certain characteristic to it that makes it taste like a microbrew beer. Um, doesn't taste like a macro at all. 
There was another Budweiser I had recently that was it was like a 1933 reserve or something that was good. This is kind of similar to it. Because I think that was like an amber. I think that was an amber ale. Although Budweiser, they only do lagers. So. I don't know what that was, actually. I might have talked about it on a previous show. I think so. Because it was the <sighs> 21st Amendment lager or something? Uh, no, it was a, a 1933 repeal lager. Because that's when they repealed, I think, Prohibition ended was 33, right? I don't know. Prohibition was, yeah, 1920 and 1933. I'm thinking of 21st Amendment Brewery. Yeah. It's crazy that alcohol was banned for over a decade. Total if change of topics. If it yeah. wasn't if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't have any of the crime families. Like that probably would have never existed. Yeah, probably not. Which makes you wonder, because that's when U.S. politics started getting really corrupt. Because then you started having politicians that were in bed with the um, the crime families, and they would like pander to them, and then it led to further corruption. And so, who knows? What well, what were you gonna? Change topics. <clears throat> um, I was going to complain about my lights. Lights the on shit. what? I've got this uh, Internet of Things, I guess you'd call it, but it's not on the internet. These are all Bluetooth. They're Sylvania multicolor lights, and one of them is flickering. Pretty irritating doing it right now while we're talking. I can turn them on with uh, Siri or whatever else. They're I bought them specifically because they don't uh, connect over Wi-Fi. I just wanted them to be Bluetooth devices hanging off of a home hub or home kit. Those things, those those Internet of Things light kits never seem to work very well, and they're expensive. Like the have you seen the Philips Hue stuff? Philips yeah. Hue. Like this, well, just a, a light strip for that is like sixty dollars. Like you can get a light strip on Amazon for like ten bucks, and it'll be twice the length. Yeah, I'll probably consider a different brand, but I have like three of the colored ones, and then a couple of the normal ones, and they're handy for scheduling. But if you try to trigger them with a switch or your voice, a lot of times there's misfires. So by scheduling the lights, like if you use them for lights that are persistently on, like during a certain time of the day or at night, maybe it lights up a hallway and then turns off when you go to bed mm -hmm. or when you leave the house or when you're away, have the lights turn on, whatever you you trigger them to do. That's how they're used. That's the best way to use them. But relying on a trigger word or a actual switch to trigger them is a very unreliable way to do it. And there's a delay. 
even though they're a Bluetooth device and they're connected, sometimes it seems like whatever operating system those things run, they like run out of RAM or something and, and you'll send it a command after like two days and it'll be sitting there processing for, I don't know, 15 seconds. It's an uncomfortable period of time. And then it'll respond with all of your previous commands. So if you were sliding the, the brightness up and down, it'll replay all of your commands. Hmm. So what do you, what are you, what's your objective with those lighting kits just for like ambience lighting in your room or scheduling and the ability to dim them or have them turn off? When you mean scheduling though, are you talking about just like a color identifier that is associated with something in your calendar or what do you mean? I actually don't do it like that. I could, um, I just have them turn on dim in the morning to wake me up. And then when I leave, they turn off. I have them also turn on when a separate uh, home kit device senses motion during certain hours. So it doesn't turn on in the middle of the night and blind me and I get impaled on my desk or something like, oh, fuck, it's blinking right now. I think that the, whatever the color, whatever the LEDs are that make it normal, light color that is kind of warmish color they're burning out because the only color that's left is red but it's really dim so something's shorting out hmm. but it hasn't happened with any of my other lights you can turn them on and off like a normal light but once you kill the power to the little you know the part you insert the computer's off, so you can't schedule it anymore. So you basically leave them on, and you rely on your scheduling or your voice to turn them off. So in my case, I have them kind of come on automatically, and then sometimes I manually turn them off with my, with my voice when I leave, but otherwise they turn themselves off when I'm out of the house or after a certain amount of time. Okay. All things normal light bulbs can't do. Yeah. Well, um, using it. Handy. Yeah. I, I've i got a couple light strips that... I got one behind my TV, and then I got one behind my uh, ultra-wide monitor that are both USB, but I haven't used any of the, uh, the Wi-Fi or Bluetooth-enabled ones. Yeah, Ugh. I don't want Wi-Fi. I don't want those things speaking TCP IP. I don't want them using UPnP to open up yeah. ports to get out. Right. I don't want them on my network. I don't want them doing device discovery and phoning home. I just want a stupid Bluetooth device. Maybe it's possible that part of the smart Bluetooth stack enables TCP via some type of pan, a personal area network via Bluetooth and then routing through. But I don't think that the home kit devices do that. Well, TCP, I think, only works with IP addresses, though, doesn't it? Like, you can't use that over Bluetooth a... devices get IPs. Like, in general, or certain Bluetooth devices? Uh, I don't know about in general. But there are definitely protocols where they use TCP IP. Hmm. 
Interesting. You can what set up NFC? a pan. NFC? No. It's the packet size is too small. The transmission rate is too too low. It's got to use some other protocol. Yeah, but TCI what about like token ring and stuff like that back in the day? That used that used TCP IP, didn't it? Uh no. I don't know what and that, that was. And that was baud rates on that. That was like like uh what was not what were the things they were like uh kind of like fiber connectors they looked like fiber connectors but they weren't they were um i think they were like copper wire in like a thin connector hold on i gotta look it up sfp let me see before there was even tcp in windows you used IPX. Um, that you had to license network stacks like TCP back in the day. Subscriber connector. SC. And they also have LC. I guess they are fiber though. So the ST connector is slowly being replaced by multi-fiber connectors. So it was a single fiber line on those. Then they had MPO, which was duplex. MPO is probably what I, that's like, like, yeah. Really old, uh, local network connections. Um, But yeah, that would use Yeah, so token ring wouldn't. That's that's too old. I actually had to work with that stuff when I was uh taking networking classes. Like why would you ever work with like FC connectors and token ring? Nothing uses that anymore. Yeah, you know? it seems pretty dumb. Even like 2007 when I was, it was like beyond obsolete, all that shit. Um, what else is I going to talk about? There's new YubiKeys. Oh yeah. Actually talk about the YubiKey, we'll talk about the YubiKey in a second. Tell me about the little tile device that you bought. Because I've been looking for something like this so I could kind of inventory all the the stuff in my car. Like I could have a bunch of bags and I know I have five bags. If I had one of these tile Bluetooth devices that you have, I could basically zip tie them in a bag and then identify it wirelessly anytime I want. I mean, this the one that I have right now works decently. I don't know about the older ones. Uh it is just barely loud enough for you to hear though if like your whatever you have it attached to is like covered by something so like if your keys are like covered by clothes or something like that or like the you know you throw them on your bed and the comforters wadded up around them it's kind of hard to hear but i mean for what it is for 20 bucks or whatever i paid for it it's the i'd the peace of mind is worth it you know like if i if i i could track them sort of 
from my phone and then if I get near them, I can make a noise. Um, they have other tile devices too. They have like a, a wallet clip you can buy. It's like a tile wallet clip. So if you ever lose your wallet or money clip, I mean, um, they had like a flat one you could stick, like you could wedge it kind of like a credit card. You could wedge it in your wallet. Um, so if you don't want to have a money clip, you could actually just get this credit card shape one in your wallet. Then they have this one, the sport that I have, which is false advertising. Cause they say on the, on the front of the box, it says waterproof, but then you read the fine print on the back and it says water. It's not waterproof. It's water resistant. So it's like, why do you put waterproof on the front then? Put water resistant on the front. That's deceptive advertising. That's weird. It's really stupid. Um, I mean, I don't care because I'm not going to go jump in the ocean with them. But if someone did want to do that and then they read waterproof on the front and then they buy the thing, they go home. And then they don't even read the fine print on the back and they take the thing in the, the water with them and then it doesn't work anymore. Well, that's, I'm sorry, but in that case, that's not the customer's fault. That's the, the company's, you know, deceptive advertising. Not everyone reads the small print on the back of the box. California. I thought tile would be like Chinese or something. They're probably a Silicon Valley company. San Mateo. There you go. I'm drinking out of my uh, boot right now, and I'm at the part where I got to turn it, you know? Do you really have to turn it? Is that a real thing? It's a real thing. It happened to me when I bought this thing last night, and I spilled it on my food. I was drinking it over my plate of food, and then the bubble went, and then it splashed back in my face, and it went down, ran down my chin onto my food. (laughs) It is a real thing. Look, you can probably hear it. Listen. Yeah, I can. But if you turn it on its side, then it kind of like, it makes it so that it's not elevated where the liquid is. It's level, so it doesn't do it. You got that limited edition glass and it has the German flag on it, but they lost. The German, it's actually a soccer ball with a swoosh going around it and the German flag colors. But yes, they lost. The only reason I bought it, well, two reasons. Buying Stefan, which is my favorite brewery, and it was like the only time I could get this thing. And the other thing is, it's a boot, but you can't see it in the photo I sent you, but it's actually got cleats on the bottom because it's like a soccer thing. That's cool. Yeah. And it's small. It's not like a full-size boot because what am I going to do with that? I don't, I'm not going to fill 64 ounces of beer and drink out of that. <laughs> so this is a, this is like a kind of like a little pint size one. That's cool. So it's actually functional. I'll use it. Yeah. You can drink it before it gets warm. Yeah. And the glass is thick too. It's like really, but you can tell it's cast because I can see the lines in it where it came out of the mold. So it's probably not, it's cheaply made, I'm sure. But the glass at least is thick on it. So and it was probably made in Germany, which is cool too. So, yeah, five bucks is totally worth it. Twenty First Amendment repeals the prohibition of alcohol. I had to look that up. And who is the president? I think it was Harding, right? Harding's the Jeez. one that. 
It's too much homework. POTUS, 1933. Oh, no, it was FDR. Well, he got elected in 33, so maybe it was Hoover then. Where's the yeah. wiki article on it? Yeah, 33. They Did you ever watch uh, Borwalk Empire? No. It was. It's a really good show. Very captivating. If you if you're interested in that time period, I'm sure I've talked about it many times on the show. Yeah, you have. Um, it was a long time ago though, so go ahead. But yeah, they Warren G. Warren Harding. They make they make him look like a total like he's totally corrupt in that movie or in that TV show. I mean, he uh, he was like making deals with the the gangsters and stuff like that and. It's interesting. It's a it's a interesting political commentary on that that time period. Um Did you buy anything in the Steam sale? Fuck no. No. Uh somebody bought me Insurgency. Insurgency Sandstorm. Oh yeah, you t- I think you said that last week. <laughs> but you can't play it. <laughs> I'm not over it. I can't fucking play it cuz there's no Mac version. And the game's not even released yet. They're just mm. taking pre-orders. They've taken my money. Not even my money, actually. And, uh... Oh, we got a listener. Pre-orders are no good. Um, at yeah. least for... At this, least for, it sucks. I can't play it. It's just sitting there teasing me. Pre-orders are only worth getting for... I know you're going to roll your eyes, but pre-orders are only worth getting for console games. Because... Console games are the only ones that give you like bonuses for pre-ordering. They'll give you like console games that- don't get canceled. True. This yeah, game there's no early access console games. Exactly. Because there's no low barrier to entry. You only only people with lots of money can create a console game pretty much. Because right. you have to pay so much in licensing fees to Microsoft and Sony. So Insurgency Sandstorm uh, they got backing somehow at some point. And, well, it's, uh, a, it's a double-edged sword because you're, if you play console games, the majority of the games that are going to be good and not shit are going to be AAA games. And AAA games are full price. They're like $60, no way, shape, no way, shape, or form around it. That's what you're paying if you're going to buy it. Whereas on the PC, you can get non-triple-A games that are still really good, like they're indie devs that make really good games, and then they decide to only release it on the PC through the Steam platform. And so in that regard, that's kind of where the trade-off is. It's like, I could bitch and moan for days about how Steam or Valve doesn't give a shit about curating Steam, because have you seen... uh, That's kind of why I brought up the Steam sale thing. Have you seen the amount of... The massive amount of garbage that has been added since the Steam, Steam sale started? They've got full-blown, like, porn games on there. Like, fucking, like, 16-bit fucking anime tits games that are, like... That you they always had know covered the, tits before. You don't even know who the publisher is. It's, like, you don't know who the developer is. It's just some random fucking garbage that was just put on the Steam store for 10 bucks. And, like, that's where it's, like, I feel like Valve 
they're kind of they're kind of poisoning their own well by doing that because they have no oversight of the, I mean they do have oversight they just choose not to care so effect, effectively they have no oversight they just let people put whatever they want on there because they know they're going to get a cut and then it's just it's just overloaded with shit and you have to like the search doesn't work right you type in like the name of a game you're looking for and it doesn't it doesn't come up like you type it exactly right like i was looking for squad the other day it's just s-q-u-a-d that's the whole name of the game type it out even with a capital s it doesn't find it then i go into the steam store page and then where the featured uh the featured things are scroll all the way down to the bottom and sure enough there it is and it's like there's just things and then don't even get me started about all of the crap that's been happening with Steam's authentication servers because uh, the uh, Bethesda, the game that make uh, the, the company that makes Elder Scrolls Online, and they make a bunch of other games. They make like Fallout. They make they made Doom, the new Doom. They worked with it on that. Like they use, they decided to use Steam's platform as their whole entire like online distribution. So like. You can only subscribe, like if you want to subscribe to their monthly thing, it's like $15 a month and you get a bunch of bonuses to play the game. That goes through Steam entirely. You actually have to go into your account preferences under subscriptions in Steam and and that's where it is. Sounds good to me. They have no separate management. Well, it it sounds good, but okay. They only sell their, uh, uh, you know, like how games have currency you can buy in this game. They call it crowns. If you want to buy crown packs... You can only buy it through Steam. Everything is handled through Steam. Your login is handled through Steam. So what happened and what's been happening within the last month, about every single week, Valve's been dropping the ball with their authentication servers because too many people are trying now to sign into that that game service and Valve's authentication servers can't handle it. And they're like, oh, whatever. There's no accountability with that at all. No transparency. It's just like, so you go to the... This, the company that makes the game's website, Bethesda, and you go on their forums, they have a big red banner that says, we are aware of Valve, uh, of, of the Steam authentication servers not working. We are trying to find a resolution. We'll get back to you shortly. It's the same thing every time. They don't say, they don't say contact Valve. They don't say, they, they, like, there's no acknowledgement it's not on Valve. Valve's part. No, I'm sure it's Valve. I'll tell you why. And I, I, I can prove it's Valve because they have a separate executable that's embedded in the installation folder of that game that you can run separately from steam and you can actually sign in but here's the kicker it only works if you made an account prior to 2016 for that game because late 2016 is when they completely moved over all of their account management and uh login authorizations and everything to valve to manage through steam so I signed up in late 2015. That's when I made my account. So I'm one of the one of the you know the OG players that can sign in the original way. And so I proved it by making a shortcut to the executable on my desktop from the install Steam. folder. Well, no, 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 because you open the game and then it gives you a separate login, and I have to use my Bethesda login to sign in, and then it signs in fine. I understand your logic, and it could be the case, except. They Bethesda still has to run their own authentication server, even though they're using Steam as the single sign-on. So all Valve does is say, um, 
you've correctly identified a person on our network and they have authorized you to uh, whatever. And then the server says, okay, you're authorized. But if their server goes down and can't relay that message, whichever direction, then you can't sign in. And that makes sense, but why would their only their Steam because their, their authentication server tied to server. Steam be down? The new server probably can't handle the load, or they screwed up somewhere. Their old legacy server still does the, the classic logins, which they're stores not, the hash of your password in their database. They're not adding more servers. They've they well, you they, wouldn't know. It's all behind well, a load balancer. It's all instances. Everything that they do, and it's all. Um, basically what happened was and this is what pretty much all online games are doing now games that aren't first person shooters with dedicated servers where you have like one centralized log you know uh server platform they now make mega servers so instead of having like uh like when you played world of warcraft back in the day you would have like tychondrius Bal balnazar uh malfurion destromath etc like they had different server names and then you would have east coast west coast oceanic now what they're doing is they're taking all of those and they're making it one server and then based on where you are connecting from your IP, where your ip address is located they assign you an instance that is close to you but you're still logging into the same server as everyone else because you see everyone else like so if you live if you live in like New York and I lived in like uh I don't know like South America I would be connecting to a South America node you would be connecting to an East Coast node but we would still see each other in game they use some weird way to like make all of that work and transparent where the latency is about level for everyone and um I think that in itself causes problems and but that's aside from authentication servers. Authentication servers, I just don't see how they would need to keep adding authentication servers when all it's doing is authenticating. It's not, there's not really a load. I mean, how many people are logging in at once? You know, versus how many people are playing at once? I think there's a huge disparagement there. So they're saying that Bethesda is saying that it's Valve's fault and Steam's fault every time that happens. So I'm just kind of taking their word at it. I, I I don't know if that's actually the case, but it's the only game that I that I've played that has that level of integration with Steam and then has that problem at the same time. I wonder so, if Valve is trying to reposition themselves as the AWS of games. I think they've kind of been that for well, a while now. They haven't so much been a provider the Amazon. of services. For but game companies, though, not AWS, but they've been the Amazon of digital games for sure. Yeah, so I think that they could expand into the AWS part, where they provide all the web services, authentication, storing, all kinds of stuff. Just a bunch of plug-and-play libraries, even a game engine. They could potentially I, uh, do it. I'd be curious to see. That would be the what ultimate one-stop shop. What if Valve made their own API? Think about that. Yeah, well, it's its own runtime environment. They do have their own API, but... No, but I mean, what if they licensed it to people and let them develop on it? That's what they're using for authentication. 
They're probably I mean, using for the sort like the sort for building a game up on the source engine. What if they had their own proprietary API and the source engine was just part of it and you can make whatever you want? That's kind of like um, if I worked at Valve, that's what I'd be doing. There's some free advice, Valve. The Gaben can uh, go and implement that. I mean, that's kind of what Epic Games does with, with Unreal Engine, but that's all based on I think it's still C++ and then it's uh, built on DirectX, I think. Because they don't have, as far as I know, there's no Unreal Engine 4 games that are multi-platform. They're all Windows only, from what I know. They're all multi-platform. Unreal 4, Unreal Engine 4, it was designed. I'm talking about the games, I'm talking about the games that are out now, though. Like, the the only one that was multi-platform, which is an alpha, is Unreal Tournament. That I know of. Do they have a Mac client for that? The whole point of Unreal Engine 4 is so that you can make iOS games. I, I understand the, the point. I'm just saying that because the, the, the idea was is that you could develop on um, the thing before Metal, the open source API. OpenGL. Uh, OpenGL. That, that was the thought. And Everything now that Apple is completely going to cut that off after what is it the, the next mac os release yeah because they don't want to deal with vulture or any of that stuff now yeah so epic games is now going to have to develop specifically for the metal api if they want any mac stuff so is the current version of fortnite is that built on OpenGL or is that built on metal that's metal okay well that's good then because that's got to be the only one what el- what else that's uh unreal engines built on metal right now don't know don't care it runs i'm just worried about all the steam stuff that won't work that game is so low visual fidelity though compared to what you can have with the unreal engine that maybe that's why they can make it work on the metal api if it I works just, on metal it works on metal it doesn't matter i just don't understand detailed. why why can't apple at least support the vulcan api if they use amd gpus and all their products i think it's because they don't need vulcan Vulcan needs them. And they have so much leverage right now that once they make their transition to um, presumably an ARM-based Mac and everything's ARM-based, they go completely integrated again and they make stuff all the way down to the chip. It just makes the transition that much easier. And there's no more uh, having to decide, oh, iOS, Mac OS, what are they going to do? They can just make the iOS game, take the whatever the the libraries are for the iOS interfaces, and then just all basically all games are going to be for iOS, and they're also going to run on the Mac as a result. Because the Mac's only going to have Metal 2, just like iOS, and the whole interface design is going to be portable to the Mac because the next version of Mac OS supports all the iOS uh, GUI elements. Do you think that devs are developing now already in this in Swift for iOS and because before it was it was uh, Xcode. Well, Xcode was just the it was the API. It was used the, to develop the I, yeah the IDE yeah there you go or ISE either either one um, whereas uh, 
Where was I going with that? Sorry, I've had two of these beers now. I'm a little buzzed. They're like 6%. Um, fuck, where was I going with that? Swift is their proprietary thing for making stuff portable for them. Okay, so if if Epic Games is developing for macOS on the Metal API, they're still are they still developing through Xcode for that? I don't like know. I I would think so. I think that's the only way to really publish anything. Okay. Maybe there's a way that they can build things, like if they had a build script that would make things so that there were some binaries and then Xcode would build the parts that are needed to make it work on iOS and just integrate the binaries along with the libraries to run those binaries. Yeah, because the way I understand it, Fortnite on iOS and Fortnite on the PC are supposed to be the same. Like, whether it's iOS, Mac, PC, whatever. I don't think you can um, play between each other, though. No, you can't. Um, but what I mean by the same is they're using the same, to a certain extent, the same code between those platforms. And so if they're going from Xcode to Swift, I don't know what the translation is there. If it's... The way I understand Swift is it's supposed to be what Xcode was, but tailored to iOS. No, Swift is a programming language. You use yeah, Xcode. Swift, but to Swift. Okay, okay. So Swift. Objective C. So Objective C is what you would code with in in Swift, or I'm sorry, in Xcode for the Mac. But if you're developing for iOS in Xcode, you would be using Swift, right? You can use either one, but. Swift would be what you'd want to start with today. But you can't develop in Swift for macOS. You can. Oh, you can. Okay. Yeah. The uh, the language is portable. They even have a Linux binary or libraries so that well, they do or they they will be coming out so that you can take your components of your code and run it directly on the server. The you don't have to also write a separate application for the server side. Okay. I need to work with, I need to mess with the Swift Playgrounds app more. That was, I felt like I was actually kind of learning stuff when I was using that. Yeah, there's some other apps in the App Store that go through some training similar to that. So when you learn those concepts that they teach you in the Swift Playground, which by the way, they have multiple playgrounds now. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you can learn. You can also learn other languages by getting other stuff in the App Store. Oh, so you can buy like a, uh, like an Objective-C pack or like a, uh, the Swift Playgrounds thing only teaches you Swift, and there's lots right. of playgrounds that you can download for free. You can also jump out of Swift Playgrounds, go to the App Store, and download one that teaches you Python. Or Ruby. Yeah, and then you can learn Ruby while you're on the shitter. Huh. I would want to learn... Um, probably the most beneficial to what I'm art if I'm going to continue in the career path and I'm on probably C sharp would be the best because it's Microsoft. But if I ever wanted to get into development for like of games, then iOS is probably the only platform I'd even want to bother with. So Swifter, Objective C. Um, yeah, so one of those. sharp you can do um if you really are really good you can um well you can mess with stuff in different microsoft products but i think they kind of clamp down on that and in the eula you can't you're not supposed to mess with anything but um 
you can get invited to uh, Microsoft developer conferences if you uh, if you code for them <laughs> with C sharp. I guess the same goes for Apple if you do. Uh, that's it. oh yeah. How do you get what like how how do you what level do you have to be established at as a developer to receive an invitation to something like WWDC? You have to have money. What is it like a thousand dollars? It's a little more than that, but yeah. I don't understand. Apple has so much fucking money in the bank. Why do they even need to make people pay for that? Why not just make an invitation only? Uh, it gets rid of the riffraff. I don't know. Only serious people show up if you make the price two thousand dollars. It's insane. That's too much money. Well, presumably you're gonna make more than that. And if your business relies on it then that's a small price to pay for sending a developer to go learn directly with Apple devs and get the secrets about how all the bare metal works. Because it's like a week. It's more than just that one keynote. Oh, I thought it was just like two days. Well, I don't know how long it is. Maybe it's not a week. It's a couple of days. If it's a week, that's a good deal for two grand. There's all kinds of uh, different presentations and some of them are overlapping so you can't make it to all of them and i think they also have like a lottery so you get charged the money it's on hold and then they let you know whether or not you made it in the lottery some people always make it because they're on some kind of whitelist and then i think there's some like Financial burden exceptions. They have a lottery for that too. Other than that, money. Yeah. Otherwise, watch the videos. All the videos are online. All the people who end up going to the conference, they end up just networking and talking to people, but they end up watching all the videos after. Even if they were in the class, in the, the presentation, they still have to sit there and review the video because they didn't take perfect notes. Plus, it helps to visualize things. Like when they were talking about the iPhone 10 and the different shaped screen, you have to move some of your interface elements to make room for that. Uh, what do they call that thing at the bottom? Little swipe to close thing. Is there a name for that? Swipe to close on iPhone 10. It's not a button anymore. Yeah, it's uh, I don't even know if they named it, did they? It's just like yeah, a gesture. Name. It's like it's like the closing area or something. That was really when I first used an iPhone 10, that was one of the weirdest things to me to get used to. Yeah, I've heard from people that it's weird going back. They used to yeah. just swiping everything. Um, what else we got? There's a lot of political shit going on. Trump might, Trump might be able to appoint three Supreme court justices in his first term. That would be unprecedented. Eh, we'll see. Well, he's got two now because the, the Kennedy resigned yesterday, effective July 31st. 
So he's going to get that one. And then Ginsburg, that old bitch that falls asleep all the time and fuck in the <laughs> middle of there. <laughs> She's the hardest hardcore fucking progressive socialist out of all of them. And she's like 85 borderline communist. And she hopefully goes soon. So that would be three. That would be a generation. That would be long enough to guarantee that your kids and my kids would be able to own guns without any fear of the government taking them from them. So that would be a good thing. I don't really have that fear. Speaking of, I didn't register for that California assault weapons thing. It was supposed to be due by yesterday. I didn't do it. They can fucking suck a shit out of my ass. Come and get it. Shit, what are they what are they gonna do they can't it's not a felony that's fucking anti-constitution that, that's uh, unconstitutional first of all a lawyer would be able to chew their ass out in court over that and then worst case scenario i just fucking leave the state they like, screw you i'm moving i'll go to a state where i can have my guns and shoot them in my backyard too wait it out it'll go away in 10 years the nras they're already fighting it they'll have they'll have something probably by the end of the year but um yeah fuck that i'm not gonna make adjustments to their rules all these things pass 10 years if we get if we get uh, if we get the garbage out this year get uh if jerry brown 2.0 doesn't get elected we may have a chance of just reversing everything patrick bateman you mean yeah patrick bateman god fuck that guy I'd rather have uh, the guy that fucking ruined L.A., uh, Villaraigosa. I'd rather have that guy as governor than Newsom. Newsom is a total psychopath. Patrick Bateman. Yeah. I don't know who Newsom is. Newsom, Gavin Newsom. If you ever want a good laugh, listen to Adam Carolla's interview with him, where Adam Carolla is questioning him on gun control, and like he just... He's a, he's a total fucking idiot. He doesn't have any idea. Because Adam's a gun Adam's a gun advocate and uh, he hunts and stuff. And Newsom had no. He's just, just spouting political lines. No plat. His platform is just anti-gun. He has no logic behind it. No reasoning. He's just, he's a fucking yeah. How about Gavin Bateman? Gavin Bateman, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but see, the thing is, despite ba- uh, Patrick Bateman being a psychopath murderer, uh, at least he was charming. There's nothing charming about Gavin Newsom. Guy, he looks like, he looks like a, you know what he looks like? He looks like a corrupt lawyer, which is what he is at the end of the day. All politicians are lawyers. I found the clip. Except Trump. You know, the problem with this clip is it's going to be really long. Yeah, it is. So um, I should just kind of scrub through it and find the spot where he's peeling the mask. I start my morning every day with a facial cleansing mask. All right. I think I found it. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Oh, man, it's got a fucking Some echo. kind of abstraction. But there is no real me. Only an entity. Something illusory. 
And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. Have you ever, um... Oh, that was loud. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, have you ever built, like, any of these model kits? Like, these, uh... You know, like those... I don't know if you were into, like, anime and stuff like that, like Gundams and stuff back in the 90s. They had no. model kits you can buy. I had, like, tanks and stuff. I, I had model cars, and then I had Gundams. And, uh... Well, actually, no, I only built one Gundam. I had model cars, and then I had... Fuck, what was the other thing? Transformers. And on Amazon, for 10 bucks, they had an updated version of the uh, original Gundam, the RX-78. And I, I just had to buy it, so I bought it and I got it. This thing, the figure is only like five inches tall, and the pieces. There's three bags of of like one foot by like eight inches of pieces that I have to like cut out and like. I'm thinking like, how the hell, like for something that's only five inches tall, how does it have this many pieces? And then I look at the instructions. Everything is in Japanese. There's not a single English character in the whole thing. So I was going to try starting to build this thing tonight, but I may just have to wait now because this is ridiculous. I can relate to your confusion. I too have received a model of sorts. Uh, what was it, like a year ago? Um, somebody gave me something that perplexed me. It's a... Uh, stands about a foot and a half tall. It's a 3D printed dick. Oh yeah, the, <laughs> the, the 3D printed BBC. Yeah, the big black cock attached to a little tiny house. Channel Nate. Oh, yeah, Brian Yeah, that's and, the kit I bought. Uh, by the way, it went up in price. Did you see Ready Player One? No, I just uh, want to end it here. You had a, that movie? No, no, we're going to end it here. All right. Foot and a half dong. Bringyourwallet.com slash donate. Then when you, you leave your email when you uh, donate, I'll send you a picture of the foot and a half 3D printed dong. Bringyourwallet.com slash contact for feedback and suggestions. See you next week. Sayonara.